Another big week, another big podcast, and another big guest. Ian, who do we got talking to us today? Welcome to Kevin Papetti. He's a contributor for Maple Leafs Hop Stove and the host of the Everything Leafs podcast. Kevin, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk Leafs here. Well, before we get to the Leafs, we we love a good story at the From the Stands podcast. And even if yours isn't good, we want to hear it anyways, Kevin. So how did you get to the Leafs Hot Stove? I, I've, I've noticed you've done some work in the industry before. You're doing some analytics work for I, for another company before. But take us through a little bit of your journey and how you got here. So I actually used to write for, I used to write for Bluebird Banner, the Blue Jay site. Uh, the SB SB Nation site, and I was always a big hockey fan, but uh, at the time, I was writing about baseball. It was a pretty good year to write about them. Just I got a couple of Absolutely. playoff, a couple of playoff appearances out of them, and you know I still follow the Jays closely, but you know I just kind of pivoted to hockey. Then uh, I didn't used to be a Leafs fan, and then you know I was always a big fan of the draft. They just kept taking players I liked, like I always liked Kadri. It's kind of impossible to hate Morgan Riley, and then. You know, I love the Nylander pick. I was a massive Mitch Marner fan. Um, so, you know, I just, I had to pivot and then uh, started writing about the Leafs in 2017, you know, running for uh, Maple Leafs Hot Stove and uh, just Leafs, Marley's, NHL draft, uh, pretty much, pretty much anything hockey I'm uh, writing about these days. So Lou Lamarillo turned you into a Maple Leafs fan, is what you're saying? In, in, in accordance with Brian Burke? I'm trying to think of when Lou... I don't know if I was ahead of Lou or behind. So it would have been after think, the Marner draft. Yeah. So I think that, yeah. So it, it wouldn't have been Lou. It would have been Burke and Hunter Dubis were in that Marner draft with Babcock, the infamous, you know, Noah Hannafin, uh, Mitch Marner moment. But so they, they took your guy and that was it. That was it. I was just, I don't know. I, I, I guess it was impossible to hate them at the time. Like it's, they were in last that like they're they always were, in last. They were bad. <laughs> yeah, so it's impossible to hate them. Like, I don't think anyone hates the Sens right now, just because, like, you know, they're not. It's not like you have a big rivalry against the Sens. So they're too yeah. trash to care. I guess so. Actually, I, I hate. I moment. hate them. I hate them. So that's <laughs> still, eh? I and you know, I'm still not over the Noah Hannafin thing. I was at that draft, and I was screaming for us to take him. Obviously, the Marner thing worked out just fine, but uh, I was convinced forever that Hannafin was going to be the guy. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's, he did turn out to be a good player. I just, mm -hmm. I don't know what it was about Mitch. Just, uh, you know, obviously he's an OHL kid, so got to see a lot of him. And he was just, he just put on a show every night in, in London. It was kind of just incredible to see oh, him. Oh, they were unfair. They were unfair, yeah. too. Ham, Dvorak, and Kachuk on a line yep. was just, oh, you know. Stupid. Yes. Well, so now that you've made to where you are, you are one of the most trusted guys on Leafs Twitter. So I have to ask, which player is the most controversial on Leafs Twitter over the past few seasons? Which player? Mm -hmm. Like, is there, there a guy that you've liked and maybe you get clap, you get a bunch of clapbacks on Twitter because of it? Um, I think, like, I know CC gets a lot of hate. <laughs> I think he was, like, okay. Like, I don't think he was as bad as... Like, he wasn't good. I'm happy to see that he's gone, but... You know, and I think Barry was the other one where I think I kind of, I didn't think Barry had a very good year. And I, I think some people are still kind of grasping onto the fact that he's, you know, was a good player for the Leafs. Uh, I guess Marner would be the other one that's kind of controversial just because of the contract. But, um, you know, I don't think CeCe is a great answer there, but 
I, I think he was like a fine depth defenseman, I guess. Yeah, I really he, thought it was going to be Marincin. I really did. Coming into this, when I was going to ask you, I thought for sure it was going to be him because that guy's getting ripped all the time. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm not the biggest Marincin guy. I mean, it seems now he's he's going to be like number ten on the depth chart, which is which is nice. I mean, he can penalty kill. He can, you know, he's good for the Marlies, but he can uh, snipe on Thatcher Demko. He can, but I don't know. It's just, I, I think for the most part. I guess Nylander, I guess, would be the most controversial you see on Twitter. I mean, everyone gets upset about Nylander because it's it's just kind of like a someone says he should get traded, and then there's a big overreaction or, or I guess reaction, and just it never ends. So, you know, Kevin, he's in every trade, every uh, single trade this guy's in. I think so. Yeah, it, it, Jimmy Vesey was supposed to be the guy that that made That's him right. go elsewhere. That's right. So, you know. Well, let's let's dive into let's dive into the draft. And it seems like it, six months ago at this point now. But you know, we we wanted to have you on for you know obviously anything Leafs, but the draft in particular is something that we wanted to get your thoughts on. And you were very vocal early as soon as they traded Kasperi Kapanen to get that pick. You were doing a dive into who could be available at fifteen, and. Lo and behold, the person that you very much were outspoken about that you would like for the Leafs to get was Amirov. And here we are, Kevin. They got him. What do you see in this kid? And is he a natural fit for this roster? Or was he, in your opinion, the best player available at that time? I think he's a bit of both. Like I, I said, like I didn't know back in May that the Leafs were even going to have a first-round pick. So I think Amirov was a player I just, I just liked. Uh, I kind of thought that whatever team got him on draft day was going to have a pretty good pick on their hands. Uh, like I wasn't married to the idea of picking him. Like if someone else had fallen, if like Marco Rossi had fallen, for example, like I would have pivoted and said, you know, let's, let's take Marco Rossi. But uh, it was a very forward heavy draft. I think with Amirov, he's a very, he was kind of the one player. Like I, I did like Sportsnet's draft coverage and like, I have a lot of respect for the work they do because you know, they're covering just player after player after player, just story after story. Yeah. But Amirov, they made it sound like he's this undersized, you know, Russian that, that's a, a score first player, but he's a very good two-way player. Uh, he gets a lot of takeaways. Uh, he's a very good penalty killer. Uh, I just think he's a very good, well-rounded player. Uh, I, I think the knocks on him are actually, a little bit of his scoring where, you know, he doesn't have an elite shot. He doesn't have an elite, you know, playmaking ability. I don't think he's going to be an elite power play guy, but he doesn't have to be on your top power play to be successful. This is a guy that, you know, he's a good five on five player. Um, you know, one of the teams I really like watching are the Vegas golden Knights. And, mm. you know, they just have so many good wingers that just win puck battles and drive play. Like, you know, it's, it's not just stone, but they have like Patrick, Riley Smith, Marsha show, just they're so deep on the wing. And, I'm just kind of jealous of how they play. And I think just watching them play just, you know, it really sells me on a guy like Amirov who, you know, he's good in transition. He's kind of everywhere just because of his speed. And then he has that ability to just, you know, break up plays and, and get it on the four check and, and generate takeaways. So uh, I think if, if like, I think the least top priority should be, you know, they need to get good players on their entry level contracts as Tavares is aging um, you know, and in the last years of that contract, you're going to need good, cheap players. And I think Amirov can do that. So I like the pick. Uh, I'm not going to say it was like a, a complete steal where, you know, he should have gone fifth and he, and he fell all the way down. But, 
you know, a good pick at 15, just the kind of guy I was hoping for. Um, and, and really this draft is kind of chalk, like the top 15 players kind of went in the top 15. So I didn't think there was really too many surprises that would have kind of talked me out of Amirov. Do you have a comp for him? So for Leaf fans out there that are, you know, trying to get excited, do you have a pro comp for him that you feel could, you know, maybe better describe him to Leafs nation? Oh, it has to be Alexander Ovechkin, right, Kevin? It should be, yeah, Ovechkin, <laughs> Kucherov. But I'd say uh, I've heard Thibaut Teravainen thrown around, thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has Jacob Verana's shot, and I don't know if, like, Jacob Verana needs another year or two just to get his name out there. Like, once he starts racking up fantasy points, people appreciate Verana more. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think he's going to be a very good transition player. Uh, he's he's pretty lengthy. Like, he got kind of described as short on draft day for some reason, but he's 6'1". He generates, as I said, a lot of takeaways, gets in passing lanes. Uh, he's just a good five-on-five player. Uh, I think he's kind of a guy that, you know, and the, I look at the Leafs roster, and they could use some good two-way forwards, and I think that's what Amirov has a chance to be. Now, he is a little bit skinny still. I think he's got to... Well, he's, uh, a, he's a child. Right. Like, a lot of these teenagers are... are you expect them to get stronger, and, and right. they do get stronger. So once you get, like, even more power in his skating stride, even more power in, in his ability to win puck battles, uh, I think they got a good player. Uh, I think I had him around, like, 13 most of the year, and it's a strong draft. So, you know, given that the that the first 14 picks were, were pretty much chalk, I don't think there was any huge surprises. Uh, pretty much it went as expected this year, which is a little bit rare. I think that's a good pick for Toronto and, and certainly one of the players that you know I kind of expected to be there and I was happy he was there. So let's talk about some surprises then because the Leafs didn't have just one first round draft pick. They traded back from their second round pick and ended up picking, I top of my head, probably seven or eight more players. And so to you, Kevin, who was the Leafs' best value pick of the draft based on your rankings? Well, I'm actually going to go probably with Dmitry Ochinokov. He wasn't in my ranking. I hadn't seen him enough. I'd probably seen him about two, three times. Uh, I've seen him play twice now post-draft. He plays in the MHL. It's the Russia Junior League. Yeah, he's, he's got a couple KHL games under his belt. He's the guy they traded up for, actually. So uh, he's he's a bit of a project. Like He, he plays center. He's got a good shot. Uh, he's about 5'11", a little bit on the skinny side, but another guy like Amirov where once you put some weight on him, he's like, I think Chitikov is going to take a few years for sure at minimum, but he's very skilled. He's got a good shot. Uh, He's putting up very impressive numbers in the MHL. He's a player who's a bit of a a late bloomer. Uh, So he didn't play for Russia in any of the big international events. Like Amirov was there, but you never heard about Chitikov. And then he broke out last year. I think he had like, only like a maybe 10 points in the MHL the previous year and then went over point per game or around point per game uh the year after. So I think I think he's got a like he's just a great lottery ticket there. But I think all of their picks really had had a lot of value. Like the ability what they did in the second round. So they had Ronnie Hervin in, they had Topi Nimala. Both of those players would have been pretty good picks at 44. And the Senators just kind of gave him a gift there. Like it's a no brainer for the Leafs to trade 44 for two picks. Cause they got, you know, they got two players that are, I think better than Tyler Clevin, who the senators ended up trading up for. So, you know, I, I would have had Hervin in like, he's a good pick in the middle of the second. I think Topi Nemo is a good pick in the middle of the second, either player probably could have went into first and I wouldn't really have complained much, 
but to be able to turn one pick into two and, and you know get two of the better players available in those spots uh that was really encouraging you could say like i don't know too much about their their final picks because they had so many in the sixth and seventh right. they're taken out of like minnesota high school but um like vt metzenin you can't really complain at 168 i have some knocks on william villeneuve but at 122 it's like you know sure i had him 62nd and so you know i i think it was a strong draft I, i'm hoping they can get you know three nhl players out of this it's not like you're going to plan the parade but like if someone came to you and said okay you're going to be able to get a third round caliber player in the fifth round like it's nice it's not yeah. you know you're not going to plan the parade but it, it is nice you mentioned 511 and i i can't remember who on leaf's twitter tweeted it out and it very well could have been you kevin so apologies if it was you and apologies that i can't remember who the heck said it but why is it that on every piece of coverage and just internally when we see 511 on the screen we automatically think undersized and if we see six foot we automatically think of todd bertuzzi yeah it was weird with the mirror i just i guess the like i liked i like sports that's coverage but like i know brian burke isn't watching spending his time no. watching ufa games no you right? watch for constantino yeah, Constantino, I know seen Amirov play just because, you know, he, he commentates a lot of those games. But Amirov, we've seen... And that guy's just a beast. Days. He sees everyone. <laughs> I mean, they they have just, you know, the under-18, the Halinka. I think those are TSN. But then Sports, then I know, did the uh, the Canada-Russia Challenge. So uh, Amirov played in that. So, you know, they play two games against the Q all-stars they play two games against the ohl all-stars they play two games against the whl all-stars so if you're watching those games you kind of get a chance to see a mirror against guys that have already been drafted and then you know guys that you know normally top first round caliber picks like you get a few guys like cole perfetti you get guys like dawson mercer so just seeing them on the same ice surface just helps you to to make a better evaluation i think um I think it was interesting to follow along with the draft because, again, with Sportsnet's coverage, I thought, again, I thought it did a good job considering the circumstances, but I found it a little hard to follow at times, particularly as it got late in the draft because they'd be talking about a prospect who had gone three picks earlier and then three picks would go by and you just sort of get lost in the jumble. Um, so with that said, I mean, you you try and follow along with the entire draft to see how everyone's board is going. So to you, let's circle back to the draft in general. Who would you give the best grade to? And this is Leaf separate. Who would you give your best grade to? Uh, I think Carolina had a good draft. Um, I believe they had Seth Jarvis and Noah Goonler. the first two picks. I Alexander Passion, I think they took late. He's really small. He plays with Amirov, or at least he did last year uh, in the MHL. So I, I think Carolina would have to be up there. Uh, you know, the, I didn't really like Ottawa's draft, but because they had so many picks, it's just hard True. to mess it up too much. Um, you know, obviously, if you're, if you're a team, I, I always like Los Angeles. I always like their drafts. Uh, but, you know, I, I definitely have the Leafs in my top five. I haven't graded them all, but, um, you know, I'm just looking at, you know, I had Amirov at 12. He went 15th. I had Hervin in at 40. He went 59th. I had Nemo at 39. He went 64. And then I had Villeneuve and Metinen and kind of like the very end of the 60s, like the 60-62. And they went, I believe uh, Metinen went sixth round, Villeneuve went fourth. And, and I wanted a goalie, so they got a goalie. So, you know, it's not, you're not going to plan a parade or, or, you know, expect these guys in the NHL in a year. But it is good to have these types of prospects in the organization, whether you 
you know, develop them and they play for you one day or, or whether it's someone like Sean Jersey, where, you know, it's just a good prospect that other teams value. And, and then as they increase their stock, you can trade them for someone like Jake Muzzin. How about on the opposite end of the spectrum? Who did you feel had the, it's interesting you men, mentioned Ottawa because it felt like they were getting positive coverage all night. And, you know, I don't know that that management group and organization has really earned the benefit of the doubt this far. So I'm not sure why, you know, they sort of got, you know, all that extra coverage, but who do you think on the opposite end of the spectrum, who do you think had a, had a, uh, had a tough night? Yeah, I think Ottawa would have to be one, um, you know, because they had so many picks, they're going to have a haul um, because, you know, that's just the nature. If you have that many top hundred picks, it's hard to mess it up too much. Uh, I liked Jake Sanderson. I think he's going to have a long career, but I just think that it's such a strong draft. Like I really like Jamie Drysdale. I thought Drysdale is the better defenseman. Um, and then they took Ridley Gregg, I believe going off the top of my head here, but I think like he wasn't too high on my board. I think they took him at the end of the first. And then trading up two picks for Tyler Clevin just made no sense for me. Like I'd rather have Hervin and or Nimala rather than, rather than Clevin. And they took, you know, one player instead of two. So I wasn't a huge fan of their draft. Um, I know like Arizona, they didn't really have any picks because they were on my list as just an utter disaster on draft night. But that didn't start at the draft night. That started in the season when they were trading away their assets for, you know, Mr. Don't get it done. Right. Right. Yeah. I was kind of hoping they'd like for their sake, I I thought they would be trading like a Darcy Kemper for picks or, or trading, you know, making some moves for picks, but you know, I guess they'll try and next year to get more picks, but you know, even Boston didn't have any picks. Uh, I don't think Colum- like Columbus went way off the board. That was the wild. Round. That was the one that stuck out to me was Columbus, but yeah. who knows, right? No one knows European players like Columbus. Yeah. I, I actually watched him like the week ahead of the draft, uh, Chinnikov, because I think it's Dylan Griffin on Twitter, Griffin or Griffin. He had said the Leafs might be interested in him. So I, I was watching him. He had played with, uh, he was an overager, but he had played with Mikhail Baramov uh, at a couple of tournaments. So I was watching him, but you know, I wasn't expecting that at all. Like you always think, you know, where guys are going to go and then, you know, draft day comes and it's a bit of a guessing game. Okay. So let's transition from the draft because we got a lot still to get to. And we really want to talk about just the off season as a whole. And it was a lot, it was packed into a short time frame. With a lot of moving pieces, a lot of people trying to get off money, a lot of deals to be had, and the Leafs were active. So, Kevin, I'm going to name a few people that obviously came in, a few that came out, and then we got we got a few, we want to go through the offseason a little bit. So, additions for the Toronto Maple Leafs include T.J. Brody, Wayne Simmons, Jumbo Joe Thornton, Jimmy V.C., Travis Boyd, Zach Bogosian, Joey Anderson, and we're going to include Philip Holander in here as well. Not and that's without mentioning uh, Barabanov and um, and uh, Lettinen. The losses include Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen, Tyson Berry, the aforementioned Cody Cece, Frederick Goche, and Kyle Clifford. So there's a there's a lot to digest there. And before we get general, I want to get a little bit specific with you, Kevin. And to clarify, apologies. To clarify, Kyle Dubas has come out and said, you know, don't expect anything more of us. Paraphrasing, but don't expect anything more. I'm sure if Connor McDavid was offered to them for a seventh round pick, they would take it. But let's assume nothing more to come. To be fair, they couldn't afford it. Ah, well, they'd find a way. And trust me, I've been, people have been all over me about potential Matthews, Connor McDavid moves. But we're not getting into that here, Kevin. I want to start with TJ Brody. 
because I think the biggest need for the Maple Leafs coming into the offseason was finding a defensive partner for Morgan Riley. Ironically enough, he may not even play with Morgan, which would be, you know, depressing in its own right. But who are they getting in TJ Brody? I think they're they're getting what they wanted to accomplish. Like I think priority A, B, C, and D this offseason was getting Riley a, a quality partner. Like I was just tired of him playing with kind of the, the the fringy top four guys or guys that are better suited for the third pair. And you know, Brody's played with Giordano for years on that top pair. Um, I just think I wasn't expecting Brody. I, I was expecting them to go the trade route just because I thought Brody was really the only free agent that made sense to me. I thought Petrangelo was just going to make too much. Uh, Tanev, I just didn't want to give term to. Uh, Krug didn't really fit their needs. So, you know, I, I was expecting more of a bidding war for Brody where, you know, because he could play either side, he's a left shot that plays the right. And just because, you know, it was a weaker year for the left side. So I was expecting a team like the Rangers to, to go and, and, you know, try to get better defensively and, and, you know, make a big bid for Brody. Um, I was expecting Calgary to make, like, apparently Calgary offered him, I think it was like four by 4.5. Uh, the Leafs obviously offered him a bit more, but yeah. I was surprised Calgary didn't match that. Like, I, I thought Calgary would make a little bit more of an effort to keep him. Uh, the other thing, I guess, was expansion draft protection, where, right. you know, I thought Brody was going to get that. And, you know, if you go the trade route, you have more flexibility, but. You know, I was surprised he didn't get expansion draft protection. It just gives you more flexibility. Like if Hall has a great year, if, if Travis Dermott looks amazing this year, at least you have the option. Um, and again, he doesn't have a, the other thing I guess would be, there's not a full mo- no move clause in year four. So if he does suck, you have at least a chance to get out of it. Like, you know, when you, when you added Connor Brown to get out of the Zaitsev deal, but you did limit your risk. I think he's a player, like he had really good impacts last year. Um, if he does that over the course of the year, you have yourself a steal. Um, you know, he hasn't had the same, his impacts haven't had the same consistency as someone like Muzzin. So I think there is a little bit more risk here. Um, but it's a fair contract. He fits their needs. You keep all your trade assets. So, you know, now you have, like, you didn't have to deal any picks. You didn't have to deal any prospects. Um, their, their prospect pool actually got better somehow, um, by adding guys like Anderson, Highlander and, and the pick for Capitan. And, you know, I, I would have liked someone like Mackenzie Weger, but he hasn't been traded yet. We don't really know what he's going to go for. Yeah, we were going to bring him up a little bit later on too, Kevin. Like, yeah, he, he's interesting. You were you were kind of saying that this could be a direction. What what do you see in the? Obviously, he shoots right. He's much younger. What are they? What what are we missing from the Brody versus Weger type of discussion? Would you have preferred Weger? Uh, it, it's tough to say without knowing the, the cost. Like they had said Dermot and Yonson and I'm a pretty big Travis Dermot fan. So, you know, I would have been interested in, in pursuing that further, but Brody ended up going kind of for the bare minimum. I was expecting, like I was expecting four years and five and a half million or, or maybe a fifth year at 5 million. And at that point, I think I was out, but you know, at 4.5, I can't really complain, especially with, you know, the limited no move in the last year with no expansion draft protection. Um, it, it, it just gives the Leafs a lot of flexibility. Uh, he's a good player with good impacts from last year. He's more than comfortable playing the right side. He's, he's played top pairing minutes before, you know, it's going to be nice. You know, we don't know what the pairings are going to be, but if, if I'm going into the season, I'm going, okay, I want Morgan Riley playing with a good partner. I want to see what that looks like. And I think the, the Muzzin Hall pairing was kind yes. of the lone bright mm-hmm. spot. So yeah. I would, I would start with Riley Brody and I think that's a good fit. 
And I didn't really see too many other players that were, you know, of Brody's caliber that were available. Um, maybe Nate Schmidt, but you know, he's tough to fit under. And I don't think Dubas could have waited for Nate Schmidt. I think he had to, like, he can't be sitting here today without his defenseman because he can't be desperate at this point. Right. So I think they had to go out, make a move early. And I think they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish there. I, 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 you have to like the Brody fit. I mean, and if you're talking about maybe the Leafs most important ad this off season, obviously the, the first place you turn is likely Brody, but is there any chance that the most important ad this off season isn't Brody and maybe it's Simmons? No, it's Brody. <laughs> I think Brody is <laughs> just uh, just his defensive ability. You need a defenseman. You need to get better defensively. I can't watch like the same being hemmed in your own zone with Tyson Berry and Cody CC trying to you know slap shot the puck around to each other anymore, Kevin. That's I think the problem. Uh, no, I think the problem last last off or last season. Sorry, was you know you had so you had that Muzzin Hall pairing that surprisingly worked so you had one lone bright spot and then you had morgan riley on one pairing he was good but struggles defensively and you had tyson berry on another pairing that's you know okay but struggles oh you wanted to say good you wanted to say good he's uh like it just wasn't a good fit having barry and riley on the same i team. think that's fair it, i think that's so, fair i i just think you know having someone that's really good defensively uh, it's just going to be huge for this team. Like if Brody is the same player he was last year, just in terms of impact, he is going to be the biggest signing by a mile. The, the concern is like, I, I know a lot of people were, including myself, are pretty excited about adding Barry last off season, just because, you know, you're so used to the right side last off season. Yeah. Like it was like, like Hainsey, Zaitsev, it was a gone of Polak for years. You couldn't move the puck. So it's just nice to get that puck mover. So I, I think if Brody ends up being a flop, then maybe you look at someone else. Simmons is going to bring a lot to the table, I hope. Um, but he is going to be, you know, a bottom six forward. And I, I think for me, the biggest, the biggest priority A, B, C, and D for me was was TJ. Bro- well, not not necessarily Brody, but a that partner position. for Morgan Riley. That position. Someone. So, there, so someone. let's jump. Let's jump to. Someone a little bit bigger than Mr. Brody. What about Jumbo? Where do you see him fitting in with this roster? Obviously signed in the minimum, waived all of his potential, um, you know, any potential signing upgrades when it comes to hitting incentives and things like that. So what do you see for Jumbo here? I think you have to be a little bit cautious just because the age. Um, but, you know, this is a player with good impacts, not last year, but the year before. He was okay last year, if you just look at the numbers. I actually went and watched him play against the Leafs and he started off there at home. It was in San Jose and he started off against Austin Matthews and, you know, San Jose had injuries last year. Logan Couture, Hurdle was out for a bit. So Thornton, like they couldn't try him on the wing if they wanted to, they couldn't try him really lower in the lineup all that often because they didn't have the center depth. So I think at this stage, you know, if all goes well, if, if everything goes perfect, best case scenario, you might have a good third line center for the league minimum. And, you know, I think the worst case scenario for him, like Frederick Goche was the fourth line center for 61 games last year, uh, 70 the year before. So, you know, at, at worst, I think he can replace Goche as that big faceoff guy. Like he'll actually help a bit on the power play. Obviously Goche can't do that. Uh, Goche didn't penalty kill anyway. So for the league minimum, I think it's a, a worthy gamble. I, I think I know that like having him and Spets on the same roster isn't for everyone, but 
I, I can't really knock it too much at, at 700,000. I'm definitely excited to see him as a leaf just cause it's, I think it's a great story watching him, uh, watching him come home, I guess. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got creative, if they tried him on the wing, if they tried him as the third line center. And then if all else fails, I think he'll be a, a fine fourth line center. Well, and one thing we know for sure is that Joe is going to suit up for the first game at Scotiabank Arena That's whenever that sure. is. <laughs> we know so. that. We know that. Yes, yes, we hope so. Uh, now, you've been trying to speak the Joe Thornton to the Leafs into existence for a couple of years now. Do you like – is the fit – has the fit for you always been his lineup versatility? Um, has it always been the story? Or is it do – you, do you just like the fit here – similar to what you were just saying. Is there any think, reason you've been trying to get it done for the last two years? I think the last time he was a free agent. So that was the same year they got Marlowe. Mm-hmm. I just think he was a much better player than Marlowe at the time. And, you know, oh, he was that a contract. Oh my he God. was a good top six center at that time. And, you know, they didn't have Tavares back then. So I think it just would have been a great fit um, just because he was such a good player. Like this is a hall of fame player. He's still very good at that age. Um, and, and now it's, it's, it's different, but, you know, I don't know if I'd be, you know, advocating for Thornton at two million a year or three million a year. I think there might be like a little bit too much risk there for me. Um, but at league minimum, I don't think you can really go wrong. Um, you know, he did play the wing for Team Canada at the World Cup of Hockey. I wonder if they if they try him there as a way to just mm. extend his career in the in like a top nine role. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't guarantee he'll be great. He'll probably be forty two by the time the playoffs roll around. We'll see when that happens. But Jesus. you know. You need an insurance earliest. policy. You need you need an insurance policy there. Like as long as you have, like I either want Kerfoot or at least another good or at least capable third line center there. Like if you didn't move Kerfoot, I would want another center back because I wouldn't go all in on on Thornton as the third line center. I'd, I'd have the extra option. Well, you that- did mention Spezza, and sorry, Sean, you didn't mention Spezza before. And if you watch the Columbus, whatever that is, the play in series. Spezza was awesome. Yeah. Right. For what his role was. I mean, you know, there were there dropping were times, the Mets. There were no, but there were times in that series where you're just like, does anyone else want to be here? And other than Spezza Austin sure, Matthews, yes, yes. Yes. Absolutely. So yeah, anyone yeah. that's saying the Spezza Thornton thing, pump the brakes. Okay. The guy was awesome last year. Yeah, I don't think there was ever a time where I looked at the Leafs and said Spezza's the problem. Right. So, right. 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 If, they, if they could clone if Joe Thornton is is Jason Spezza's clone from last year. I'm I'm thrilled at league minimum. A little little slower. Let's let's put that into perspective. I, I full transparency here, Kevin. I I am on the record that mm-hmm. I did not want Joe Thornton, and <laughs> not because I think he's a bad player. Not that I don't want his leadership. I just I, for what you were trying to do this off season, I didn't like the redundancy of just another big, slow, potentially defensively uh, liable center or forward in your bottom six. So my quick question before we get to a little game that we want to play with you is, why would you rather have Derek Broussard than Joe Thornton? Yes or no? I'd probably rather have Broussard, yeah. I just, I like his defense on this team. And he's young, uh, literally everyone in the league is younger. But I I hope I'm wrong, Kevin. I hope I'm wrong. I just, 41-year-old future Hall of Famer coming to the Leafs just, it it leaves some scars. I got some scars as a Leafs. You fan. got some Eric Lindros vibes. Not even Lindros. I just like Doug Gilmore Jason coming Allison. back. Doug Gilmore coming back at thirty nine and blowing his knee out on the third on the fifth shift of, of his return. But I got some scars, and you know, I let's transition here. 
Wait, because- one thing on Thornton. One thing on Thornton. I think what needs to be, I think what needs to be, we, we need to make sure that we mention is that this team clearly had a void of veteran leadership when Marlowe left. And whether someone like Tavares was able to fill that void or even Spets up, I don't know. I'm nowhere near that dressing room. But it is abundantly clear with what Kyle has done over the past three weeks or two weeks, however long for agency has been open, is that he is looking to address that issue. And you're never going to find, from all accounts, you're not going to find a better guy in the league than Joe. And I, if, as long as he can hang and even play a little, I just don't see the downside. There's no, I don't see the downside either. I just, from a roster spot perspective, I, I kind of like. There's also a chance else. they couldn't afford Broussard, though. I mean, it's I have a hard time where he doesn't want to come here. Where he doesn't want to come here. Kevin, do you want to jump in on that one? I don't think he signed for seven hundred thousand. No. Um, so I, I think it'd be tougher. Like he's probably like he might have to. You might have to get, get rid of Simmons then at that point, right? Like you might have to give him the one point five if you want a Broussard. But, you know, whether it's Thornton, whether it's Simmons, I think these are all low-risk signings. Mm-hmm. I think you just, you're putting some trust in your coach. You're saying, okay, if they're ineffective, you know, you got to reduce their minutes. You got to, you know, I don't think they'd ever scratch Thornton. I'm, I doubt they'll scratch Simmons easily. But, like, I don't want them in the top nine if they're struggling. So you have to right. you have to trust your coach to say, okay, if it's not working in the top nine, you got to promise me you'll, you'll put them on the fourth line. Uh, I think, you know, with Simmons, it's a bit of a different story because he's gone through just injury after injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen him healthy. So if he is healthy, I don't think he's going to be, as I said, I don't think he's going to be the Brody type potential, but mm-hmm. you know, it's great to see these guys. It's a great story of nothing else to see them in Toronto. Uh, I have always loved Wayne Simmons. I've always yeah, loved Joe Thornton. Awesome. It is cool. Just, just seeing them in, in a Leafs jersey. So we're going to, we're going to come back to the Leafs. Uh, but uh, actually, no, b- before, we, before we pivot off to, uh, to a little game that my, my brother came up with that I'm really excited for, I have a question for you, Kevin. Okay. You are GM Kevin Papetti. Okay, hey. let, let, that so- let, that, let that soak in, okay? You're following in John Ferguson Jr. and Brian Burke and uh, Dave Nonis's footsteps as a GM of the Maple Leafs. You've done all that you have done this offseason. you followed everything that Kyle Dubas has done, and you did it to a T. But Gary Bettman knocks on your door and says, Kevin... With the current times, you get a mulligan. You get to get off something that you've already done. You could let a player go. Don't worry. The Leafs have more money than God. They'll pay that guy. But you get to get off of one of the deals that you have done and make another one. Kevin, who are you not bringing into this lease lineup that has already been brought in? And what would you do to replace it? Let me clarify. You cannot say that you would let Joey Anderson walk to bring in Petrangelo. It has to be realistic within the structure of, of the actual team. What are we doing here, Kevin? Well, it's tricky. They don't have too many bad contracts. Like, I know Marner's, you know, his cap is pretty high, but you can definitely get out of that deal, and you can definitely get a haul for him. So Let's stay on this offseason, because obviously Marner's the easy one with $11 million. But just what happened this offseason? Mm-hmm. Who is there... For example, would you say, I'm not signing TJ Brody and I'm trading for Mackenzie Weger? What would Kevin Papetti do? Ooh, I, it's tough because you don't have the much money. Like I, th- I might try to get someone other than Bogosian, like a bit of an upgrade there. But yeah. you know, at $1 million, if that's all the money you got to spend, it's, it's going to be tough. I would have liked someone like Vincent Henestrosa. I, I think he's a good underrated player. I, I think he signed with Florida. He was on Arizona last year, but... Uh, I think he signed for about a million. I would have liked him as kind of like a, a Kapanen replacement. 
the only real concern I have, you know, I might, I might, VZ is kind of interesting because he's like, he has really bad defensive impacts up until last year. And then last year he was about league average. He could provide secondary scoring, but if he goes back to his old defensive ways, he's going to, he's not going to be very good. So like I might've, you know, maybe I think at 900,000, I can't complain. Like if you're, if you're complaining about a $900,000 contract, you're, you know, you, you don't have very big problems. This yeah, is what we do in Toronto. Invested. You may be no, little- no. We we've complained about uh, about bottom six and bottom uh, bottom six defensemen for years here, Kevin. I know you're new to the Leafs fan, uh, Leafs fan base, but trust me that we pick on them the most. Yeah, I think uh, I just think they're. I could have used one more top six forward. I think they have five top six forwards: Matthews, Tavares, Martin, Nylander, and Hyman. I would have liked maybe maybe one more guy. And even if you had to give up Simmons to do it, because he's really the only guy this offseason other than Brody that makes a little bit of money. Right. Like, But I like the Simmons deal. So I can't complain too so much. So you're okay. You're walking okay. away with this. No mulligan. I, I just don't think I could have got anyone for Simmons is 1.5. That's the only problem. Like, in, in a vacuum, would you rather have Brody or Schmidt? Uh, Considering contract? Well, just in general. Just I think in general. If, like one year – Contract aside, I think I'd take Nate Schmidt. I've always been a big fan, but mm-hmm. I, I think, like, considering the contract, I would probably have to say uh, TJ Brody just because Schmidt's five years. He's, mm-hmm. he's closer to six. Uh, you know, the Leafs are, are, they need every penny they can get at this point. So you save about a million. Uh, it's one year less. I, 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 I like Brody, but um, I think Schmidt, if I was just to go for next year, I'd probably say him. So let's, let's pivot to a little game. Ian, sorry, buddy. You want to jump in? Yeah, I, I I did just have one quick before we jump into like the bulk of the signings. I, the one thing I wanted to jump in on was I see I've seen a lot on Twitter talking about what the most disappointing offseason teams have been, and I think you know there's been some buzz about Chicago because they lack seems like they lack direction. The, the whole Brandon sod and their second, their players second, came out and said we like, what are we doing? Tays, yeah, yeah. And the whole Brandon Saad thing, you know, trading for him twice and you give up Panarin. And then for some reason you want Zadorov. I'm not sure I understand that. Um, you know, so that, you know, that ended up not working out great. You know, there was a lot of buzz about Vancouver, although I think they may have salvaged something with Schmidt at the end. Is there any one of these teams that really jumps out to you as like, wow, that is a disappointing offseason? Uh, Sh- Chicago would be one. Uh, I would say the New York Rangers, like mm. it, it, they have interesting. No, they got Lafreniere. I was expecting them to do a little bit more like Johnson, who I'm not going to be like, not a big fan of. Uh, obviously I, I just think they need to get better defensively. They didn't get better defensively. Uh, I was expecting them to just be in on, on at least a little bit more to try to improve that team. Because I, I just think, you have Panarin in his prime right now. You got like Sabina Jazz coming off a great year. Oh, you got like this is the cheapest you're gonna have Alexi Lafreniere. So, and you went out and you and you got like you bought out uh, Lundqvist. You bought, they have so much in buyout. So I think they they do have a bright future. But I would like to see him maybe take one more step. I think you could also say like Ottawa. Um, mm. Yes, Pittsburgh. Yes. Like Pittsburgh paid a ton for Kapanen. Uh, they went out and got obviously Cody CC who 
you know, if he's in a seven, if he's your number seven, it's fine. But yeah, you know, I'm not going to be shocked if CC's playing the top fours. <laughs> no, Jack Johnson's replacement just walked. Jim right Rutherford, there. man, someone, someone, get that guy some help right now, please. He's got, he's got cups. It's just like you could get a guy like Craig Smith for 3.1 this offseason. Everyone's signing for these crazy deals, and you know, I wouldn't pay the 15th pick for Cap, and I think he could have got more. Oh well, we Should- saw like he he moved too quickly. There's yeah. no way Kapanen's price was that high if you just wait. Nate yeah. Schmidt went for like, what, a, a third, third or a fourth? Third. Uh, yeah, Devin Tays went for two seconds. Yeah, like two seconds. Was... Like, I, it, again, all you had to do was wait, but that's not Jim Rutherford. And you know what? We love him for it. So let's get to a little game. Okay. It's called Flash or Trash. Okay. Okay. So I'm ready. We're, we're big fans of rhyming here on the front of the stands. We love it. So we're going to name some players and their deal. And you say flash. If you think that you like what happened or trash, obviously, if you do not like it, Ian, why don't you go first? So the first one is the biggest one. We have Petrangelo to the Vegas golden Knights, seven years, 8.8 million per. So do we like it? or do we not like it? Flash or trash? I'm going trash. I, Wow. He's wow. such a good player. He's <laughs> such a good player. But you need to win. Like, it's it's one of those all or nothing ones. Like, you either win in the first four years or it's awful, right? Like, he's got the full no move. Um, and I guess the other thing, too, is, like, so you know going in that you're going to be taking on, you know, some bad – you're expecting to take on some bad years at the end. Like, he's, he's going to be 31 in January. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he's making 8.8 when he's, when he's 37 or 36, he's probably not going to be worth that. So, you know, you are getting much better in the first four years. And I think, you know, I think it makes more sense than it would for the Leafs just because, you know, their core is a little bit older, but like you're trading away Nate Schmidt, who I'm a pretty big fan of. And, you know, it's not like you're just adding Petrangelo to the same team. You also have to consider that you're, you're getting rid of Schmidt. So. And Stasny. Yeah. So I just don't think the, like you are better, but you have to take those subtractions into account as well. And, you know, if they don't win here in the first few years, that's going to be a deal that, that hurts them down the line. Jakob Markstrom six times six with Calgary. I'm going trash again. <laughs> I feel like, like with free agency, it's always the highest bidder, right? So it's going to be, you know, someone is paying more than everyone else generally, unless you're taking a big discount. Uh, I think at six billion is fine. It is a long commitment for a goalie. Again, he's got, he's got that new no move clause. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think that he's a good goalie. So I, it's almost like Petrangelo, where you, you need to have the payoff in the first few years. Um, you know, I, I think we learned with Bobrovsky last year. It's not as bad as that. It's not the same. AAD, that is trash. Like that's hot definition. Trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a du- no, no, no. That that is beyond trash. The the dumpster's on fire. That's a yes. dumpster fire. That's what that yes. was. I'm just I'm just terrified of giving goalies term. Um, but you know, it, it's just what I expected him to get. Like six by six seems you know as expected. But uh, I'm I'm too much of a chicken to give that six years to a to a goalie. Yeah, 35 and 36. I don't know how much you love paying him $6 million, But, hey, I mean, the, Calgary clearly has been looking for an answer in net since, what, Mika Kippersoff? So they clearly were willing yeah. to go the extra mile with Markstrom. Uh, I did have one. I wanted to follow up one thing on Petrangelo. Quick quick note. Burke talked about this on Sportsnet, I think. And it's obviously Vegas has become this massive powerhouse in terms of you know, it's amazing facilities. The taxes are good there. You know, obviously quality of life is good. You know, obviously when COVID's not going crazy. Gambling. Uh, 
you know, everything, you, you know, everything in between players seem to love it. But on the other hand, between McCrimmon, you know, it seems like they're running a, they're very much running this as a cutthroat business where they're going to sign a big free agent for a couple of years and then ship them out. They saw this with Stasny. Obviously Schmidt was, was one that went too. do you see this is hurting them? Like, well, the way that they're running this, the fact that they're so cutthroat, do you see that that can outweigh the benefits of having the great facilities and the taxes and all that other good stuff? Yeah, I think over time it'll, it'll, you know, they might lose a guy or two, but I, I do think it's, you know, they're doing what's best for them or at least what they think is best for them. Uh, I think as long as they're good, players are going to want to sign there. Uh, I went to Vegas last Bay. I would want to sign there. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I could definitely see the appeal. I mean, if you're if you're trading, if you're doing this on, on a frequent basis, I think players would be more cautious. Maybe they'll, you know, they might have a tough time signing guys without, you know, giving them the no move clause, for example. Like if I'm going there, I might say, okay, but, you know, give me the full no move clause. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll it'll affect them over time a little bit. But I still think if that's a good team, uh, if you got a chance to play with, you know, on a top team, now they have like the top pairings, Theodore Petrangelo, if they play together, they had a good goalie. They got, that'll do. It, it's a great place to play that weather in the winter. Like I, I, I sign me up, but I, I would be a little bit cautious if you're watch, signing a long-term deal. Watch out for those swords though. They'll get you in Vegas. They stab you right in the back. Hey, that's another one. They brought in Robin Leonard. Flurry was, you know, franchise favorite. I, you know, I lived on the West Coast for four years, and you see Flurry jerseys everywhere. So, yeah, that was another guy that, you know, they kind of did dirty. We got another West Coast guy. Yeah, the next one. Okay, so let's move on. So the next one is going to be Shat Daddy, Kevin Shattenkirk, three years, three point nine with Anaheim. Flash, gonna, flash of trash. I'm going trash again. I'm gonna be wow. Going trash. <laughs> wow, wow. I just don't know what. Anaheim's doing like I don't either I think he's a fine player I just don't know why he makes sense for for Anaheim specifically like I he's just not he's not gonna move the dial much I would have went guys that like maybe shorter term that you can flip they don't have a very good like prospect system like they have some guys but you know or a forward maybe yeah like I don't know what I just look at their like cat friendly page here and I'm going like what's this team doing so you know, I, I guess the signing itself, you know, good for him, 3.9. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he's good enough defensively that I would, you know, want him for the Leafs, for example. Like, it wasn't really the guy I had in mind for, for the Riley partner. Um, you know, it's not just three years, not a big commitment. But I just don't really know the direction Anaheim's going. I don't really like what they're doing there. Yeah, and I think, you know, have you seen a player have their – reputation get crushed harder than Shattenkirk strictly because of the ridiculous of their contract. Like that contract with New York was an absolute dumpster fire, but it was also bad with New York. Yeah, no, he was. And I thought obviously he turned it around with Tampa. Not all that hard to turn around on that decor in Tampa, but have you ever, have you really seen a play? I think Phaneuf went through this a little bit, although at the end it, 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 it came to an end quickly. Shattenkirk really, really got hit because of how much money he was making. Not necessarily. He's always sort of been this player. Is there another player you can think of that got hammered, their reputation got hammered as hard as him in the last few years because of their contract? Uh, Contract-wise? Oh, the, it's sitting right there for you, Kevin. It's not Mitch. <laughs> it's Mitch. What are you talking about? It's, it's Mitch. He gets 100 points a year, though. 
Kevin. He was he was getting a lot of uh, a lot of heat. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised. Like I'd go to a Leafs game and like every like you hear people talking, it's always about Mitch. Like every time he touches the puck, it's about the contract. So you know, I I think Marder's a heck of a player. I can uh, I don't think he's going to go down to the Shattenkirk level, but he certainly takes a lot of heat, I guess, for uh, for that deal. Okay, so we got a few more, but let's rattle these ones off. Uh, this is I, if it's not trash, then you know we'll just. Stop the podcast right here. Matt Murray, <laughs> four times 6.25 with Ottawa. Yes, I understand that they are still not at the floor by giving this contract. Kevin, flash or trash? I'm going trash again. Too many, uh, lots of trash. Today. No, no, well, I think I think we got a good one coming. Okay, I think Murray is, I just think, I guess, free agent contracts in general are normally, you know, you think you won the day and then a couple of years pass, you see with guys like Andrew Ladd or, you know, oh, the long list, David Clarkson. Sometimes it's not great to win free agency day. Wade Redden. Yeah, it's, I, I forget, you know, the least for years are trying to solve their problems through free agency. And, you know, I think Murray, I just don't really get it. Uh, I think he's a fine goalie. It's just, you know, at 6.25, you're, you're really hoping he's the best version of himself. Uh, I don't think you really had to make that deal yet. Like you're not in a spot where, I don't think they're going to be good next year. I know some people have said, like, you know, maybe Ottawa will be good next year. I don't see it. I don't think they're going to be good. Uh, they do have some good players coming, like Drake Batherson. Um, you know, Dodonov's a nice addition. I think they'll be better. But, uh, you know, Murray just – that's a lot of money for him. I wasn't expecting him to get that much after, you know, his last couple seasons. But, you know, good for him, um, I guess. I, I mean, it is better. It's a, it's a goalie upgrade, but it's a big commitment for him. All right, next one. Tyler Toffoli, four years, four point two five million per. With the Canadians. that one's, that one's, I guess. Uh, what's the good one? Flash. Flash. Yeah. Flash. I guess. I mean. I guess. Well, it's the Habs, so I'm like, eh. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, he's a good, like, he's a solid top six forward for sure. And for four point two five, like, there's not much risk there for four years. The term's not crazy. I thought he was gonna get like six maybe not six in this market but at like five and a half maybe yeah. five years yep they could use some power play help but you know they can't go wrong with the foley like that's not going to be a bad deal you, it, it's going to have value uh he's 28 he's one of the younger free agents out there so uh i thought the anderson one was a bit high but you know gallagher's a heck of a player and, and they got the foley they got some good young centers so weird they're, they're headed in the right direction weird anderson's on this list as well uh the weirdest contract of free agency, in my opinion, Taylor Hall, one times eight weird. with Buffalo. Did not see that one coming. So. No, I thought he was going to go to like Colorado. Um, yeah, you know, I'm kind of interested because I-, I wonder if he sees Jeff Skinner and Skinner was there for a year and he had a good year, and then you know you kind of take advantage of you know the fan base just you know being so upset, I guess, with the team, and they're like, you got to keep Skinner, so like pay him a bunch of money so i'm wondering if he's just like if i have a good year here i think i'm just gonna get a boatload of like a huge deal with buffalo but i was surprised he went to buffalo because i thought he was gonna go to a contender i thought he was gonna get more term like i thought i thought the big guys would get paid i know petrangelo did um so yeah that was a that was a shocker he's he's got an mvp so i don't know why you know at the age of 28 he's he's taking a one-year deal at buffalo but uh, didn't see that fit coming in terms of team. Didn't see that contract coming. Uh, I, I, I don't know what the other offers were, but that's, uh, 
I'll have to say flash for that one because, you know, one year, 8 million Taylor Hall, you know, sign me up any day. I think it's TBD because what you don't want to do is do the, have him have a good year and then give him 9 million for like a bajillion years. Like they did Skinner. So that's what you don't want to happen. I think I, I think the best case scenario for Buffalo, honestly, is that he starts out hot and maybe they can flip him and get maybe a first, maybe a little more. Um, I mean, if you can sign him, I just think for a 50 to 60 point guy, which is clearly what Taylor Hall is, I just don't see the upside. Wow, harsh. Him, you know, I, I mean, giving him all that money. I mean, yes, I think the Hart Trophy year is more of an exception than it is the rule. With Hall. I wouldn't give him the, uh, the Skinner deal, but, you know, if – I wouldn't uh, Buffalo, give Skinner the Skinner deal. <laughs> I wouldn't give Skinner the Skinner deal. But he is good. Like, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I don't know if they'll flip him just because it's going to be a shortened season. So we'll see what the deadline is. Obviously, we don't have many answers right now. But, you know, if, if they're close to a playoff spot at the deadline, I wouldn't be surprised if they just go for the playoffs because it is a shortened season. Like, the Leafs made the playoffs in that, you know, in, what was it, 2013? Uh, the shortened season there. So, like, yeah, I we, think – We remember, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> So I think uh, I wasn't a fan then, so I kind of skipped that one. So that was, uh, I guess that was a good call by, on my part there. I, so the next one, sorry, the next one here we're going to have, we have Josh Anderson, seven years, 5.5 per with Montreal. Yeah, I think the AAV is fine, but I'll have to say trash just because the term, like it's just a huge risk. Uh, I think best case scenario, that's what he is. Like he's, you're getting like a, a you know, a $5 million player. I don't think he's going to be like an $8 million player. I don't think he's going to be a $9 million player. So there's not much like upside to that deal. I think he's either worth the contract or he's, you know, or he's a bad contract. I don't think he's going to be a steal or anything. True. Um, and he's like, he's a good player. He's going to, it'll help them, but you know, it is a lot of risk, at, you know, especially coming off an injury, he's he's pretty young but i mean that that kind of term i'm only given that term if you're if you're you know a a sure first line player or sure top pairing defenseman uh because i just think that has that that risk has a lot of downside and and, you know not much upside i think best case again he's he's worth the deal best case scenario is that the worst move of the offseason you've seen uh you know, I, I do like Max Domi, so I think if you if you put that into it, maybe. I, I think Anderson's pretty good. I, I, I would say like signing like signing Jack Johnson if you're the Rangers. Even yeah, what is that? <laughs> like I I don't know. I, it's I guess so. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head that's worse. I think there's just so much risk with free agency where you know you, I didn't really like the Tanev deal either. I like Tanev, but four years given his injury history. Well, I'd just rather have Brody for 500000 yeah, more. Yeah, I don't know what Calgary was doing there. That's why I was surprised the Leafs got Brody because, like, I was expecting that Calgary would have given him that offer by now, like the, the four by five. So it was just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of surprised me that Brody didn't get more. But, you know, maybe that's just kind of the story of the offseason with these free agents. Why, why, does, why can't Max Domi find, find love? I don't understand. I don't understand. He's like the Jennifer Aniston of hockey players. Why? I don't understand. Why doesn't someone just love him? I I think Arizona probably like like Galchenyuk. I know that was a deal that like hockey Twitter yes. thought. That's the big one. Hockey Twitter got wrong. Like everyone thought that Arizona won that deal at first, and 
they were completely wrong. And then content looks trash. I think <laughs> like that. I guess because he was a third overall pick, and because like they weren't using him at center, and he had really good numbers as a center apparently in Montreal. Like he's big. He's like he's six two. I think he's he's skilled. People just thought he was a, like gonna break out, and it never happened. He he never played decent defense, but. Now, like this trade, it was definitely a change of scenery. Uh, it's funny that they have the same agent, Domian and Josh Anderson. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know, like he was double I, dipping. They both got pretty good. Uh, I, I guess Domi got more of a bridge deal, but Anderson got a big deal. He probably wasn't get with with. I don't. There's no chance he was going to get that deal with Columbus. So uh, definitely worked out very well for Josh Anderson. And uh, you know. Columbus is a pretty good team with not much center depth. So, you know, he's not going to be on the fourth line there. He's going to probably get a top six opportunity. Uh, so that'll be good for him as well. It's kind of a win-win for the players, at least. Okay, last one. Cody Cece, one times 1.25 with Pittsburgh. Kevin, <laughs> expert analysis. I'll say, I'll say trash. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, I think he's fine as a 6-7. It's just, he always ends up playing as the four. So, like, it, it's there's not much upside there. There's a lot of risk if your coach overplays him. You know, if if he's gonna play limited minutes and help you on your penalty kill, fine. Like, if he's gonna be in and out of the lineup some nights, but uh, yeah, I would just prefer to go a different direction. I don't really know what you know. I, I don't think Pittsburgh's having the best off season, I guess, to say the least. It's time for Rutherford to go. <laughs> I, I understand the cups. I get it. It's time. It's yeah, nice. I I think they could have done better. Let's say, put it uh, to put it lightly. I mean, I I do like Jason Zucker. I like Jared McCann. Like I do like else. Zucker. Yeah, for sure. But you know, it's there's some bad some bad trades there. Some some bad deals there. So yeah, okay. I, they got to switch up what they're doing. All right. So enough of flash or trash. Let's, flash of trash. Wow, I'm <laughs> sad. Let's circle back to a little bit of overall Maple Leafs here before we get to quick hitters here, Kevin. Am I wrong, or do the Leafs have too many NHL defensemen? I, I know that's crazy to say, because they barely had an NHL defenseman last year. So, don't get me wrong, it's a welcome sight, but I'm just curious. Who is their opening night top six in your eyes? Because they have Miko Lettinen, who they want to play. Everyone's saying should play. They get players like Miko because... They play their players like Ozhiganov and Zaitsev sometimes mm-hmm. without warrant. Who is your starting top six? I would probably go, just for opening night, I'd probably go with Bogosian over Lettinen and Scratch Lettinen just to avoid the whole Jason Spezza thing right. from last year. Right. But I think Bogosian is probably the seven. Like, I know everyone gets, like, there's no player on this list I could say this guy's going to get scratched and, like, have no backlash on Twitter. Like someone's going to get mad if it's letting and scratched, if it's Bogosian scratched, I wouldn't be shocked if they went with seven D some nights, just because you could go with Bogosian. If you're ahead, if you've got a lot of penalties, you go with letting if you're behind, I, I think letting the hype trains kind of off the rails right now, just because of the point totals I've seen him play. He's a good skater, but you know, I, I just cautious with, with anyone coming over that, you know, I don't pencil anyone in for a top four role. Like Zaitsev was the biggest thing since sliced bread. Like when he signed with the Leafs, like it was like Petrangelo levels. And like everyone just thought he was going to be 
you know, that's why they gave him the big contract. But I think Lettinen too, we'll see. Like Callie Rosen was really good over in, in, in Sweden. Uh, he's never really stuck. I, I do like him. I think he's got a chance to be a good defenseman, but he's a third pairing guy until he proves me otherwise. Like I'm penciling him for the third pairing. I'll rotate him in and out with, with Bogosian. If he looks great and he looks as good as everyone thinks he's going to look at this point, then yeah, maybe maybe Bogosian sits more. Maybe you go with seven defensemen some nights. Uh, I don't think they're forced to play Bogosian at one million. Like he got scratched in Buffalo. He got bought out by the Buffalo Sabers. If you get bought bought out by the Buffalo Sabers, you you're allowed to get scratched. So right, yeah. you know, no, no, no. That's enough. That's enough. You may get backlash here. I am a Bogosian stan. I love that guy. <laughs> you may get backlash on the on the podcast live. I, you know, I don't take any of the bo- the Buffalo stuff seriously because that place is such a dumpster fire. Like everyone sucks there, you know. Like I don't want to lay that out on Bogosian. Well, now we have three of them with Simmons, VC, and Bogosian. So that's what we <laughs> needed this off season. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to take. You know, I don't. Now, do I think that Simmons is going to be Philly Simmons? Not necessarily, but I have to think that him in because it's Buffalo is the worst version of himself. I mean, you have to think. You know, the, there's no one immune to the Buffalo plague. Yeah, Simmons had. I, I was reading an article today. Like, said he had this hernia surgery, a torn adductor, and hip surgery. So, like, that guy had everything. So, I. I can't. I have no idea what to make of him because I just haven't seen him healthy in forever. Like, <laughs> like I was playing through everything last year. Bogosian, I don't mind him. Like, I think he. I was. I didn't want him back in February, and I warmed up to the idea uh, quite a bit watching him play in Tampa. I thought he was pretty good in Tampa. I just like who would you scratch out of out of these defensemen? Me personally, yeah. I I think I think you're right about opening night. I think where Bogosian matters isn't necessarily the isn't necessarily, and I think um, Chris Johnson may have been talking about this, or someone was, but Bogosian doesn't matter even for the 82 regular season games. I mean, he can be scratched for 81 of them, for all I care. I think where he matters is potentially in your 16 playoff wins. Guys, you're missing the point here. I mean, that's He's 100% playing with Morgan Riley opening night. Like, uh, let's just... I know. Uh oh, it's a hundred percent happening, and I'm going to be sad, and that's what's going to happen. This is what this is what happens. I, I just I want you guys to be prepared. I I felt that they were going to trade someone. I thought Dermot or Hall they would, still be on the, would be on the move. We got Rasmus Sandin. We haven't even talked about. I'm not saying that that he's the second coming of Brian Leach, but we haven't even talked about this guy. What is and he the eight? He's eight. He's right now eight. Yes. And what's Dermot? Dermot would be in that six. He would be on the, your bottom six playing with, hopefully, Bogosian, with Miko Lettinen being your seventh defenseman. And to your point, Kevin, most likely by talent and just overall Leafs Twitter just getting themselves in the dither, I, I, I guess. But I, I'm not a Bogosian fan. I know what he brings to this team. I like what he brings to this team. But watching him get beat to the outside four times a night is not going to be fun. And it's, you know... It's, it's going to be tough. And you know what? It's hater. This, hater. I'm so, I know he's going to leave a lot of carbon fiber in people's backs. I get God, that. I'm about I, that. I, I know you are because you literally, you're the most, the, the best part of your hockey career was dislocating some kid's shoulder when he cut across the middle. <laughs> so I know that you appreciate that. It's just, I, I'm, I just felt there were too many pieces and I felt they could have, I think they could have used one of their defensive pieces to upgrade someone in the top six. 
outside of potentially Kerfoot sliding up to be the left winger on or right winger beside Option. Nylander and Tavares if Jumbo Joe works out. So I I don't know what to do, man. I, I, it just seems like there's a, there's a lot of people down there. So, Ian, I know you got a couple things. I, I'm just going to jump in here, Kevin. Yeah. Where, where's Nick Robertson? What's going on here? He can't play in the OHL because there isn't an OHL. He can't play in the AHL because he's too young. He's not figuring. He may not be in AHL either. He's not figuring into the top to, into the top six or potentially the bottom six at this point. Where is Nick Robertson, Kevin? I think we'll have to see where he is in training camp. I think I would have him on my team just because uh, a you don't like it, it. The big question too is. Is he going to play junior? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to World Juniors, um, and then you kind of see where he's at, and you get a look at him there. But I see someone like Joe Thornton. I see someone like Alex Kerfoot. Neither of them can shoot, and and Robertson can do just that. He's a volume shooter with a good shot. So I think he's a great fit. Whether it's Thornton, whether it's Kerfoot, uh, I think he's just a you know he's tenacious. Uh, he brings something to the table. He's a pretty good penalty killer. He hasn't done it at the NHL level, but. He was very good in junior at it. And like I, I once watched Robertson play a game. He almost scored a hat trick all shorthanded. Like it was just Animal. ridiculous. So he's a great, great shooter. I think if you think he can help you in the playoffs, you have to keep him. Like even if he's playing fourth line minutes, just keep him because you can't really, if the OHL is on and you send him to the OHL, you can't really undo that decision. Like if, if Peter Burrell goes to the Memorial Cup, you can't, you can't undo, you can't call him up, right? So I, I think I would keep him, but he's going to have to earn a spot. Just like the depth on this team right now is kind of nuts. Like whether it's the defense, whether it's uh, the forward depth they have, like they have a ton of players that are going to be on the Marlies with NHL experience. Uh, so it is, I, I think that he, it, it's, I don't want to say it's his job to lose, but I think if he's good, they'll make a spot for him. So we had, I have one last thing I wanted to touch on before we get to, uh, get to quick hitters today, but, uh, Doc Emmerich retired today from NBC and having lived in the U S for the past four years, uh, before moving back in, uh, in April, I got to listen to a lot of doc with him being on the NBC broadcast. Obviously I'm not getting CBC in the States. So I wanted to ask you, Kevin, I'm not sure if uh, if being here, if that limits this, but do you have an all-time favorite Doc Emmerich call or an Emmerich phrase? I, I think he was on the EA Sports NHL games for a while well, before he was replaced by James Sabalski. Yep. But do you have an all-time favorite call by the legend Doc Emmerich? Well, I think I am. I think of the, I think it was the Winter Classic with Crosby. Mm, yes. I'd have to go there. He just... I think he was, I don't know which game he was on. Like it must've been NHL one of the years. Yeah. Uh, but I just, was it used to be versus that he was on? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah. So yeah, that's what I remember him from. But like we didn't have versus here whenever you're in the States and calling every Philly Pittsburgh game that yeah, yeah, was yeah. ever aired. Yeah. Anytime you're in the States, you turn on a hockey game. It seemed to be his voice. So definitely just such a memorable voice too. Mm-hmm. Like you can't like, you know who it was as soon as you heard him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, wish him all the best in retirement, but it's, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to, to see him go here to, to not be calling games anymore. What about you, Sean? You got one? I don't No, I, 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 anytime that you bring up an announcer, all it does is make me sad that Joe Bowen isn't calling live <laughs> games for the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. So by the way, I the don't one, have one, but one Ian, do you is, have one 
Alec Martinez game winner. King. Oh, I won a lot of money on that game. Yes. Game five. If you go after this is over, do yourself a favor. Go watch that minute clip. It is Doc at his best. So you've been very generous with your time, Kevin. So we're going to get you out of here on this. We have a segment here called quick hitters. It is 10 rapid fire questions. Yes. No answer the question. You can say pass whatever you want. Are you ready for quick hitters? I'm ready. Ian, you're up first. Number one, you've been showing the Dodgers and my guy Mookie Betts tons of love lately on on Twitter. As a Red Sox fan, this gives me joy watching Mookie crush it, but it's also hurting my feelings. So I got to ask you, are you a Dodgers fan now? No, I'm not a Dodgers fan, but I, I've always loved Mookie. I mean, it's t- I don't like Boston sports teams, so it was it was tough to watch them with the Red Sox. But thanks, man. I, I gotta like I, I like. I like Mookie enough that I'm going for the Dodgers, at least in this series. In your your life is on the line. You need a win. Pick one goalie. Vesa Toscala or Andrew Raycroft? Ooh, I'll go. I'm going Andrew Raycroft. Razor! He, uh, had, the, he had the big joke on Twitter the other day. Where it was that was the, great. Yeah, it was great. What was it? It was the... Uh, uh, something about if you could be a, a one star that you thought could be a star but wasn't or something like that, and it would turn out to be Andrew Raycroft. But Bruins Raycroft or Leafs Raycroft? I'll go in Bruins Raycroft. Then. Yeah, why not? Of course. <laughs> and Leafs Raycroft wasn't terrible. He had the wins record because they eliminated ties. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, number three. So this is a bit of a long one, but it's been all over Twitter the last 24 hours. I just want to get your take on it. Mike Vrabel had this unbelievable clock management moment on, in yesterday's game where I believe it was second and one, 320 left in the game, and he did an illegal substitution to get 12 men on the field, knowing that the math was telling him that Houston was likely going to score and this would save 40 seconds on the clock. That is like some mind trick level shit for Mike Vrabel. So I got to ask you, is there – and a coach that you see in the NHL that is simply operating on a different planet than others in the way Vrabel was in that moment? Uh, probably not. I think Cooper was doing really good in, in Tampa. I loved how they went seven defensemen, but nothing to that extent. I think just football has just so much more strategy where you just mm-hmm. see like awful, awful decisions. And then you just see great decisions. It's such football, such a risk of our sport for years where like they wouldn't go for it on like fourth and inches from their opponents. 40. Like it's just the the decision making good football. I think the bad coaches make the, the good coaches look even better. Where you know at, at hockey, I think it's more of a even playing field. I guess. So, what Leafs trade was worse to you? And this is kind of an unfair question, but screw it. Andrew Raycroft's back in this. <laughs> Tuka Rask for Andrew Raycroft or Alex Steen and Carlo Koliakovo for Lee Stepniak? I gotta go uh, Tuka Rask there for sure it's closer than you think. I'm just going to say that it's closer than you think. Yeah. I guess Steed's good, but you know, and Stetnack was here for like what, uh, like a cup of coffee a year and a half. I, I break yeah. off much longer, but no, you're, you are right. It is, it is Rask. I want yeah, to give you a softball. all-star goalie. want to give you a softball. Yeah. And he's, uh, especially when he's going to Boston and on a good oh. contract and he's been there forever. Like he isn't, he isn't left. So, They've, he's played the Leafs in the playoffs. It just that one stinks. <laughs> Every Boston player has played the Leafs in the playoffs and enjoyed a lot of success. Yeah, at least he's got one year left. So hopefully that's it for Boston. Maybe he'll uh, hopefully maybe he'll, maybe he'll pull the Joe Thornton and, and come back. 
So we that asked, would be cool because Anderson's a would. That'd be great. It oh would. my god, Kevin. Excited Speak it on into the existence. Speak it yeah. into existence. I never thought of that before, but you know. It's like Kawhi coming back to Toronto after he opts out next year. It's fantastic. <laughs> so we asked Ben Nicholson Smith this. Now we'll ask you. Who is closer to a title, the Blue Jays or the Leafs? I'll go Leafs. Um, oh, that's tricky. I think I think Leafs because we'll see if the MLB changes their playoff format. But it's just so difficult making the playoffs if, if they go back to the old format where, mm-hmm. you know, with the Yankees and, you know, the Red Sox are going to – they aren't good this year, but they're going to spend money and be good, I'm sure, soon. The Rays are great. So just the, the playoff format, it, it seems like the Jays are in a tough spot. I think the Leafs will at least get in the playoffs for the next, you know, hopefully the next five years. I hope you would think. And then, you know, once you have the ticket, I think anyone's got a shot. So I'll go Leafs, but it is close. I like the the Jays young core there. Okay. Who is two part question. Who is your all time? Wow. I completely nailed that valuation and he turned out to be a stud draft guy, but who is also your biggest whiff? Um, I think, Okay, biggest whiff, I'd have to go either Casey Middlestat. I thought Jonathan Druin was going to be very good, mm, uh, and he never one. really he never really panned out. I thought Middlestat, Middlestat was kind of predictable a little bit, where it's like he couldn't do the, the pull-up at the combine. He just never had the strength. And I don't know if Buffalo you know, developed him the best, but he was so skilled. Right. He was so good against his own peers. I thought he was going to score, and he just, he just never did. Um, in terms of the other way, I was a big fan. I guess everyone was kind of higher on Debrinkat when he went mid-second. I think Barzell mm. was one too, where like I think I had Barzell sixth, and you know that was after Austin, the Bruins had three straight picks, right, Kevin? Yeah, that was really the only reason he was he was available. But uh, like Zaka went before him. You had like Zaxination, and I, I guess that's a bit of a. You know, that was more NHL teams getting it wrong than right. like, it wasn't just me. But uh, I was a big uh, Anthony Belvillier fan there, too. I didn't I think I had him too high that year. But like getting getting Belvillier and Barzell for for Griffin Reinhardt is just oh my an all time. Um, oh, my God. Barzell is such an animal. I can't. <laughs> that's a really good one. Uh, uh, we watched him in the WHL. He killed us. I, I used to work for the Winterhawks in Portland, and he played in Seattle, and he just would murder us. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, he, uh, Leafs. If you had to get one guy's jersey, who would it be? So Thornton, Simmons, Brody, BC, Barbanov, Letnin, Bogo. Oh, the new Leafs. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have to go Joe Thornton. I just think, you know, 42 comes to Toronto. I just think, like, you, I know he's a, probably going to be here for one year two years max just given his age but i just think that's a jersey that you could put on in 10 years and and you know Feel good about wear it with some pride yeah i, I think you know you can't go barry banoff because you know if he doesn't he could be here for a month and, and like who knows at this point right so uh, i don't know if i could invest in a barry banoff jersey i don't know if it's the best investment well, no one. Ha- I, if you're talking to someone who got a Barabanov jersey, it's it, it's me. Okay, I the Chris Versteeg, Kyle Wellwood, Nick uh, Antropov, Nick Antropov, Joe Newendike, Dave Boland, Dave Boland. I had all their jerseys. So, wow. If I got a jersey, they were traded or let go. So I decided just to get a Doug Gilmore jersey because that couldn't happen anymore, and then it, it, I wouldn't be sad. So, second to last one here. Yeah. We've done a full episode on the biggest heartbreaks as fans that we have had. Ian and I went through it. It was one of the most depressing episodes of all time. However, 
The Leafs were very prominent in the heartbreak episode, but so are the Jays. Who is your big? What is your biggest heartbreak moment as a fan? Uh, as a fan, I'm trying to think here. I'm a Steelers fan, so they've done well. So like, I can't really. No, so not Tebow there. over the middle. <laughs> no, but like they've won. They've won what? Two Super Bowls, I think two. In the last, yeah. in recent, uh, in recent years, um, and then hockey, I can't really say there was a huge one. I like. How about Kansas City with the Jays? Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. It just, I think it was Jeremy Guthrie pitching Game Seven. I'm trying to recall, but it was the worst pitcher, and you just thought, okay, the Jays were so damn good offensively. Oh, loaded. And Kansas City was good defensively. Like, I think they had, uh, was it Escobar at shortstop, Lorenzo Cain, Alex Gordon. Yep. So I guess, like, the defense certainly helped them, but I couldn't stand Kansas City. It just felt like, you know, the Jays are the better team and deserved it. And I think Kansas City went on to win. So it did. They did win the World Series that year. The kid reached over, grabbed that home run that wasn't a home run. Ryan Goins dropped a pop-up to second base when David Price was pitching. Yes, all of that happened. That was number two on my list, Kevin. So it, yeah. it, it, it is impactful. What's your one? Uh, my one was uh, 4-1 Leafs. Uh, uh-huh. And not because I thought that the Leafs would actually do anything if they won. And that's why I actually had the Jays number one because I thought they were the best team in Major League Baseball that season. But I changed it because like, it was one of those moments where I, I remember every single – Thing that happened, Matt Fratton having a breakaway, uh, Kadri scoring that goal to go up 4-1, and everyone and just go literally ahead. looking for next round tickets against the Rangers. Like I, I had the entire experience. That's why it was number one for me. I think Ian's was oddly enough was oh, Raptors. It? Yeah, but it was like game five when they won the title in game six. Yeah, but I was at game five, and that was like <laughs> when we lost game five to the Warriors last year, I was broken. Yeah, like so like days. heartbroken with with heart. Yeah, know, and then heart, euphoria yeah. followed. It was great. Yeah, exactly. Okay, buddy. So, who is the last one for me? Who is the Leafs starting goaltender in 2021? Wow. Um, I think it's Anderson if he has a decent year. But, you know, they're going to be so tight to the cap. Let's go off the board. Let's go with Darcy Kemper. Ooh. I think... I think Arizona is going to be hurting for draft picks. Kemper's a bit younger. He's he's going to have one year left at like I think he's in the fours. Four, yeah, something like that. So it's four and you a know, half. I, maybe they trade him next next year for for a pick. I don't know. I feel like Anderson's too boring of an answer. So we'll go with uh, we'll go with Darcy Kemper. If he has a I, good year, trade him for a draft pick. Maybe it'll. I was that. shocked they didn't make that deal already. The Anderson only has one year, uh, one million dollars left of real money. Send an asset, get Kemper now. I was a little bit shocked they didn't make that deal, but okay. we've got we've got the last question. Okay, will you come on this podcast again? Yeah, man, we'll have to do the uh, the flasher trash again, though. That's the condition. <laughs> no problem. It's a, it's a big hit game now. Well, Kevin, <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on, everyone. Kevin Papetti, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out Leafs Hot Stove. Make sure you're checking out the Everything Leafs podcast. Kevin, thanks again for coming on, buddy. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Fun to talk to Leafs.